1: Hey, it's the Do Business Better Podcast. I'm your host, Damian Mason, but you knew that. You knew that when you tuned in, and I thank you for tuning in. Got another great episode with you today is my former guest, Lisa Hudson. She has been in business for 30 years along with her husband. Their business is called Fitness by Design, an Indianapolis-based personal training facility. She was in my episode number three, and I brought her back because she's got great knowledge, great wisdom, great information, and also good insights on what it takes to keep a business rolling. Running for 30 years, she's been involved for 28 of those 30 years alongside her husband. So you drive around and you say, "All right, there's gyms all over the place. Uh, there's you know Gold's Gym and 24-hour Fitness. How does a company, independent as it is, sitting there in America's heartland, make it for 30 years? You're going to find out. Welcome to the show, Lisa Hudson."
0: Hi, Damien. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be back again.
1: Well, you were a great guest the first time, and you know, we cut right to, the, we cut right to the, the mustard, so to speak. We just got right in there and said, all right, we're going to talk about this business. So when you were with me last time, I wrote down a couple of notes. First off... Maintaining a service-based business for 30 years is not easy. And also, there's national chains. There's, uh, and, and also, as we pointed out, nobody needs a personal training facility. It's not like water or bread or food or transportation. You can live without it. But most of us sell things that are not absolute life necessities. You don't need a country club. You don't need uh, expensive champagne. So what is it that makes you guys successful?
0: Well, we sell the service and we sell the experience that you get when you walk in the door. So with us, we are very client-focused and our clients come back time and time again and they tell their friends about us because they are happy with the service that they receive. They're getting what they're asking for, which is accountability for their fitness and a great workout routine, a great facility to work out in, someone to greet them when they come in and to... Give them a great knowledgeable workout
1: yeah and so your customers are probably a little more upper income because uh, you know if they were a little lower Correct. income they'd be going to the YMCA or maybe just going into the park so you've got upper income clientele and they're paying for the accountability as much as anything is it the facility the accountability the advanced training thirty three percent of each which how do we break that up
0: I think it's that's a pretty even break across those three um, objects. but the person that comes in is a busy professional, and so they're trying to utilize their time in the best way that they can to be more, more efficient. They don't want to spend a crazy amount of time in the gym when they're trying to balance that between work and family. So we're trying to get them out the door with a great workout.
1: Yeah, so your, your objective is let's get these, these people the fitness objective is fitness, and also be respectful of their time, and then also bring them a service level, and probably I'm guessing uh, the new cutting-edge stuff, because... There's, there's uh, all these new crazes and trends and fads that happen in fitness, right?
0: Correct. So we're cutting the, through the chase. We're getting them what they need to get.
1: Do you do trends? Do you do trendy stuff? Are they in there? Uh, are they in there doing goat yoga?
0: We do actually have a yoga class, um, but we are utilizing. The trendy tools as well. I mean, we have kettlebells. We have all the different tools that you want to play with. But I think that what comes into play is how to use those tools to where the client's going to get the best uh, bang for their buck and get the most out of the workout when they come in. What's
1: the average spend per customer? Mm
0: -hmm. $280 280
1: a month, probably. Good. So for a person that wants this lifestyle and they say, I want to be fit, I also want a personal trainer because at your facility, you can't just join and come in and hit the treadmill. You actually have to, have to work out with a personal trainer, correct? Correct. So for $300 or less per month, your customers get the fitness, the objectives, the accountability and a professional trainer that has been trained themselves to be a professional trainer to work out with them every time. Yes, they do. And so how many times does the average customer come to your facility? Four times a week?
0: No, the average client will come in twice a week.
1: Twice a week. Mm -hmm. So you've got some that come in not at all, (laughs) and you've got some that come in five. (laughs) Correct. Okay. The most enjoyable aspect of your work?
0: Most enjoyable aspect is at six in the morning when I get to see clients walking in the door. I love it.
1: What it, time do you guys open?
0: We open at six a.m.
1: And so when in bright and bright and early and bushy tailed as they say, there's people that are coming in there and they're ready to hit the it's hit the It's a busy bricks.
0: busy time. They're ready yeah. to
1: start. They're ready to start pumping iron and mm-hmm. getting on the and getting their their sweat going. That's right. If you could, when you've been doing this for 28 years, the company has been in business for 30 years, which, as I said, is a tremendous attainment. And you know, anybody listening to this podcast right now, if you're saying. Hey, hey, man, I'm an entrepreneur. I started out six years ago. Good for you. Because as we all know, most companies, most businesses, they say, don't make it past the five-year mark. It's like 51% fail or just go out of business. Maybe it's not failure. They just quit within five years. Mm -hmm. So to be in a business for 30 years and expand a couple of different times, you have the big, beautiful building along Interstate 465. I drive by it. (laughs) Yes. You've been around. You've been doing it you've probably learned a lot. Now, while you've been doing it, I asked you the most enjoyable aspect of your work. You said seeing those clients roll in at 6 Mm a.m. What's the activity that you'd least like or the one you'd eliminate? The job, the role, the... For me, it'd be travel. What do you least like about your business?
0: Probably just managing the cancellations and the scheduling um, can be difficult and challenging. And so and we're getting better at that, but trying to figure out the best way to handle that so that we get clients back in the door, that my trainer's time is spent um, in the best way that it can be, more, most productively. So that's always been the challenge, and if I could get rid of that, I would. it'd be great.
1: You know, my brother, the uh, the farmer, used to always say that work is work. He didn't pull that whole thing of, oh, Damien, you don't do anything because you just fly around the country and talk, because the reality is everybody's work is work. Mm -hmm. What do you do that probably some folks wouldn't even think about having to do as part of your work? I mean, there's stuff behind the scenes. There's stuff that's probably harder than it appears to the layman. What's, What's your work that nobody sees?
0: Well the work that a lot of people don't see is the amount of time and effort that goes into creatively planning their workouts that we give our clients. So there's a lot of behind the scenes. It's education, it's getting a great workout together for that client. So, you know, they're coming in for the half hour, but their trainer has spent a lot of time and energy making sure that we have looked over a good kettlebell workout or whatever the client is looking to try to achieve. They may ask us to do something special for the next workout. You know, I was thinking about doing X, Y, Z. And so it's up to that trainer to, to incorporate that into their routine safely because the client generally doesn't always know what's in their best interest.
1: Yeah. So it's kind of like, just like my business, obviously I get paid to deliver speeches at corporate events and association meetings. Well, it's a lot of money to get paid to just go up there and talk for an hour. Well, there was also the preparation. There was the mm-hmm. fact that I read the Wall Street Journal. I take articles, and I mm-hmm. actually then dissect them and say, what does this mean for our industry? Then I do some research, and then I also have to book the travel. I also have to call the client. I also have to do all of those things that go into this, not to mention the years of, uh, the years of work that you've done to give you the experience. So everybody has more work than they think.
0: Exactly. What
1: things have you gotten wrong and right? You can choose to answer both of those or one of them. It doesn't matter. What things have you gotten wrong or right over the years that, you know, have been really, really educational? Like you're like, hey, man, I did this right. And I tell you, that's really helped us. Or I kind of made a boo-boo over here and I had to correct it and it took me a year to do so. Which thing?
0: I think what um, comes to, to mind for me is that we switched over from a manual system to a computer system, pretty late in the game, and my trainers were a little slow to come on board with that. But it has really helped them with their time. So that one we did right: software that helped our business run better and saved all of us time um, and energy. It's so the old we- thing
1: of technology that mm-hmm. actually returns in, on its investment by making your life easier and saving you time, as opposed to technology that just ended up causing you a whole lot of grief and headache.
0: Exactly. And so you've got to be you've got to be careful with technology because some technology out there just, it just <laughs> takes up more time than it's worth. So we've been um, really lucky, not lucky, but it was good that we switched to what we did at the time we did it.
1: Anything you got wrong that uh, was a big learning curve for you? For you? Anything that you said, man, oh man, I really stubbed my toe over here. Uh, decision you made, uh, service provider you utilized, uh, new training option you offered that didn't sell, advertising effort that didn't pan out. Anything you got wrong?
0: I think that, yeah, there's definitely been some of those um, on the advertising end of it, um, just finding the right thing that works for us and um, perhaps... so that's been, that's, that's always difficult.
1: It is always difficult. I just was asked on Saturday at a session I did how they should, how this individual's company should be marketing. And I said, oh, that's like, yeah. uh, where do we begin? Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. There's social media, there's print media, there's mm-hmm. advertising on the radio, TV, there's uh, direct mail, there's right. handing stuff out. There's going door to door. There's all the, and there's 10 more things I'm probably not even mentioning. And I am convinced you need to have your foot out there trying to do do something, doing multiple things, and you're never going to find a 100% right answer when it comes to your marketing effort.
0: I think you're right on that. I think that you have to just keep trying different things. Something will stick and something will give you a return, but not every single thing is going to give you a return. It just isn't. I took an advertising class when I was in college that said,
1: Never put money into an advertising or marketing campaign that you can't measure the results of. And I look, especially now, with social media, online, et cetera, et cetera, how in the hell could you do that? How could you actually truly measure the results of a marketing effort when there's so many different pellets flying through the air right now?
0: I think that's true. Um, I. And, and there are experts that can measure that for you. So there's a whole business out there that was once my business because they were telling me how well they could measure. this. Yeah, and here's the
1: thing, they'll tell you that because they're selling a product right. of, of tracking results, but here's the deal. Let's say you put a billboard along Interstate 465 mm-hmm. and all of a sudden your revenue goes up 15% the next quarter. You're gonna say, oh, it's clearly due to the billboard. And then you find out that a mile up from you was another personal training facility that actually had a fire and then it went bankrupt. And In you court. say, wait a minute, was it the billboard or the fact that the competitor down the street went out of business?
0: Exactly. It's really hard to track. Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> when you look at other businesses, all businesses get stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. You're not saying anything mean about these businesses, they just get stuff wrong. Mm-hmm. And I look at stuff that I have to deal with as a customer, and then it dawns on me wait a minute, and am I doing that to my customers? Mm-hmm. An example I use with my wife, I say, all right, we're in business together. Let's not make it hard for our customers to do business with us. I have an insurance company, for instance, that told me in a series of emails and letters, all the work that I had to do, forms I had to fill out, documentation I needed to get done, and a bunch of hoops I needed to jump through to continue to do business with them. To which I said, bullshit. I have all kinds of companies that want my business. I'm a low risk. I've got tons of things to ensure. I'm not doing this work for you. I don't like when companies ask me to do work on their behalf as their customer. What do you see that you as a customer then have brought into your business and say, let's never do this?
0: I think when you look at your front desk and how the person is greeted when they walk in your door is a huge one. Um, Do you have someone behind the desk on their phone i had at one time i had a wonderful trainer this trainer was fantastic knew their stuff gave awesome workouts uh worked hard but every single time this person was behind my counter the head was down on the phone couldn't break them of the habit and so when my customer sees that when they walk in the door and they're the first one to say hello It's just not a good buy. Because the
1: person that's coming in there says, I'm spending $208 per month, and this person could care less whether I'm here or not. Exactly. Because while they still will get the training, and they Mm -hmm. still will get the fitness, and they still will reach their objective, they didn't feel valued when they walked in the door. Exactly. And feeling valued is very important when you're buying a service that, again, is not
0: a complete life necessity. It's an expectation. To feel valued. And we were not, you know, if you've got someone back there that's doing that, they're not meeting the customer's expectations. Yeah, If you
1: and I are in line for food at the last food vendor on earth and we're starving, we don't care whether that person dispensing the food is friendly, welcoming, accommodating, (laughs) or concerned about us. But when we're walking into a facility to pay for fitness Mm -hmm. and there are other places that could do the same thing for us, how do you differentiate yourself? Besides service, of course, which is the big one?
0: Well, our facility is top-notch, and we are getting in new equipment. We just got in two new pieces of equipment here recently. Um, And it's not just about the equipment. It's about the brightness of the facility and the experience that the customer has when they walk in the door. So it goes from the front of the house to the back of the house, locker rooms, The whole thing you've got has to to
1: be a certain wow factor.
0: It does. It has to, yeah. It has to be a certain wow factor. So there's a
1: certain amount of uh, uh, shiny new car a lot. There's a certain amount of gleaming equipment that has to. It it doesn't smell. It has to. It has to have the right vibe. There's got to be a little bit of music, but not too loud and not too offensive. Mm -hmm. So there's that factor. And then of course there's your people. Yes. Got it. And you've got good ones.
0: We've got great ones. They've been with me a long time. Most of them.
1: How important is creativity in your business?
0: I think it's essential. Um, My husband has a lot of the creativity on his end and um, on searching out and looking at routines, how to put them together, what works best, um, gleaning information from other professionals in the industry. And so creativity is very important. From my end, how can we do things better? Looking Looking at things from the front desk perspective, how can I create a better experience for the customers that walk in here? Um, so creativity is important. Um, you can, it touches every realm of, it can touch every every realm of what people see when they come into my business.
1: I agree with you. And by the way, dear listener, she mentioned how to do it better, how to do business better. And you're saying, wait a minute, did you coach her on this? No, but it is the Do Business Better podcast. And I should also remind you, if you haven't already bought my book, Do Business Better, please, please buy my book, Do Business Better, because you know what? It'll save you a lot of time. It's hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and years of hard-earned lessons that will help you shorten your learning curve and be even more successful. Even if you, like me, have been in business for 25 years, or like my guest Lisa Hudson of Fitness by Design have been in business for 30 years, you can still learn how to do things better. Lisa Hudson, do you set goals?
0: Yes, my partner and I set goals together, and then I set individual goals for things that I want to accomplish personally, professionally. So definitely, okay. Setter.
1: Now I set mine in three categories. How many categories do you set yours in, or is it just one big category? Three. What are your three?
0: Um, professionally, from the business, from the business end. Professionally, from the training end, and then personally. Um, So I have personal goals. I want to do this vacation with my family or what have you. So
1: got it. If I could magically invent four more hours per week, if I could just reach up in the sky, grab four hours and give them to you, how would you utilize those hours?
0: From a business perspective, the business biggest bang for my buck would be education that I could, um, also invest, uh, into my staff. So anything that I can learn that I can transfer to my, to my staff, um, would be probably the biggest bang for my buck
1: you would spend your four hours becoming better educated more trained maybe looking into new things that you can bring to your employees to improve the customer experience
0: yes when they're better when they do better i do better
1: okay what if i said that's good for three of those hours you got one more hour i want you to use it and uh, personally how would you invest it
0: i would invest it uh, spending more time with my family <laughs> <laughs> Time at
1: about work <laughs> yeah you'd spend it with your family yes yeah. uh, then you speaking of family work alongside your husband 28 of the 30 years your company has been in business you have been with him and part of the business how do you make that work because I also work my wife works with me and I was raised on a family farm and God knows we didn't work well together we worked a lot together we didn't work well together how do you make it work
0: we just it's it's always clicked for us. I think for some people it clicks, for other people it, it just never will. And for us it's always worked. We even share an office. So and that's been important for us because we wanna seem united and uh we are united in our effort, so uh, for us to have an office together works well for us. Uh,
1: if I had to share an office with uh, Lori, <laughs> one of us would have would not be and uh, would not be around in about. <laughs> That's what
0: people generally do, me. <laughs> uh,
1: no, it, it would not work for me. How has work changed for you in the last five or ten years? I mean, you work a lot, right?
0: I work a lot of hours, and it's ebbed and flowed uh, depending upon the ages of my children and where they were at uh, and their schooling and that type of thing. But lately. Um, I work a little more than I used to. I've picked up some clients, which I really enjoy. and
1: Meaning meaning that you are filling the role of personal trainer, whereas you were more of the business person, correct. the administrative person, the wear every hat person. Now mm-hmm. you actually are doing the sweat.
0: I'm doing some training, yes. Mm-hmm. And so that takes up a little bit more of my time. So I'm actually working uh, more hours than I did.
1: Got it. Uh, and five years ago, what was different then? You're doing you're doing more training now. What else? What have you learned over those five or ten years? How do you work smarter?
0: I work smarter by um, giving my trainers more responsibility. I think that's the only way you can work smarter is by, you know, giving your hat to someone else, utilizing their other talents. Because you're, my trainers just don't. Only train. I've got one trainer that is superb on the marketing end, and she's really been a great um, asset to me in that regard. I've got another one that just has a really um, good eye for detail, so she can tell me when things are awry and is willing to speak up. And I have you know, staff that's been with me for several years, and so they, they know the ins and outs of the business and how we like to run things. And so they keep everything on task. So they understand I'm
1: the image. They understand the culture. They understand they what you're selling.
0: They definitely do. Yes, One of the
1: keys to your success because of that right there, yes?
0: Oh, definitely, yes. Having mm-hmm. people that
1: buy into what that you're buy selling. buy into
0: what we're selling and are willing to work alongside you. Mm-hmm.
1: Closing advice, thought, idea that you would share with anybody that's in business, that's an entrepreneur, solopreneur, business owner, wants to own, start, run their own business, or even a person that has, like you, 20 or 30 employees. What's a piece of advice for them? Idea.
0: S- stick with what you know and what you like. Um, don't be afraid to... To learn definitely keep learning and incorporate that into your business, and I think you'll, you'll definitely keep going, keep going forward.
1: Lisa Hudson of Fitness by Design, an Indianapolis-based personal training facility, has been my guest. Second time she's been on the show because she had so much good information the first time, and I thought, this is good stuff, and everybody can glean something from it. I'm Damian Mason, your host. Until next time, thank, thank you, by the way, Lisa, for being on the show.
0: I love to be here.
1: And in, until next
0: time, this is the Do Business Better podcast.